Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams, and it's nothing but the truth. One man's journey to find it. It is November the 14th, 2015, and I have a very special guest, Mark Sargent. And we're going to be talking about probably the most controversial issue on the earth today, and that is the fact that the earth is flat. And that is a very disturbing topic. I noticed that uh, from my own experience that of all the pullback and angry responses that I've received so far, it's this topic. I don't, I'm not covering this topic to be sensational. We're going to talk about this because it turns out to be the truth. <laughs> Anyways, Mark, Mark has a, a show called Strange World that you can find on Truth Frequency Radio. And it's mm-hmm. definitely worth a listen to. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's really kind of a, a down to earth type of show. So it's uh, they share a bit of facts and personal experience of others who have come to realize um, that the Earth is not what we have been told since infancy. Also, you can find uh, Mark Sargent's work uh, on his YouTube channel. Also, there is uh, the series that made uh, Mark well-known, Good and Bad, (laughs) (laughs) is uh, Flat Earth Clues, and there's many parts to that, and it's definitely worth it. I know that that particular series caused me to start to think a little more seriously about the the whole idea that the Earth is stationary and flat. So with that, Mark, thank you for joining me. I've already asked you this, but for the audience's sake, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you very much for having me and uh, doing doing well up here in the Northwest. It's a little rainy, but that's to be expected. All right. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice country. So I know that I know a couple of folks that have uh, been regular guests of my show have, have a desire to leave um, the east and go head your direction. So yeah, for many different reasons. So yeah, think, beautiful, beautiful place in the summer, but the summers are shorter than you might think. So you, before you ever move out here, you might want to spend some time about now, about November. <laughs> spend, spend a week, see what you think then go back and make your plans. Do not come out here in the summer and then all of a sudden start packing your bags. I'm just saying. Right. (laughs) Well, I'm a flatlander and I've always, you know, I tried to escape. As I told you, I live, uh, I live in Sylvania, Ohio, which is a suburb of Toledo. And it's a Northwest Ohio or border of Michigan. So I'm a flatlander. And, uh, I've tried to escape. I lived in another place. I lived in England. Um, Oh, by the way, folks, Darren Nesbitt will be on tomorrow. Um, he's a folk. He's a gentleman from uh, Ma- uh, 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 Manchester, England. So, and he uh, has done a lecture. And is a flat earther too. So, it should be interesting to hear his point of view. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so I'm back and I'm staying. And now I have a son, so there's there's no going anywhere. So, but I always, you know, wanted to live in your your neck of the woods. I got close. I lived in Northern California. I lived in Chico for a while. Oh. Right after half after, after, right after high school, back in 1987, I, I took a, I got a one way ticket, bus ticket to 
California and ended up being a forest firefighter and working for the conservation the California Conservation Corps and the Department of Natural Resources fighting forest fires. So it was oh, pretty nice. inter- interesting experience, that's for sure. For for uh, I like to call where I live La La Land, and it really is. It's very sheltered. Uh, what's the name of the, the Hobbit's place there in the Lord of the Rings? Because that's what I feel like I live in, <laughs> that little village for, for Bibble Baggins. And oh, the Shire. The Shire. That's what I feel like I live in the Shire uh, <laughs> in North America. So anyways, um, so yeah, Mark is generous. He has he always. As a matter of fact, if there's one guy you can get a hold of, Mark is, and so obviously he's very passionate about this, this topic. This is a topic that you would have to be very passionate about, but not only very passionate about, but have um, you know a lot of uh, evidence on your your side to be uh, as uh, dedicated as you are on this topic, the flat Earth, because you're going to be ridiculed and made fun of and uh, a lot of people are going to really pull away from you if you state the fact that you believe and based on evidence if one is honest know that the earth is flat (laughs) that's a strong strong statement to make and um, you know I was talking to Mark and he said he'd be game for it Uh, another one of my uh, uh, somebody I care deeply about uh, James Japan or James Arndt uh, from jamesjapan.com net or JP, uh, jamesjpn.net. He does a lot of great work. Um, wrote an article. If he's so upset, it's so passionate at his end about the fact of what I've been doing about the flat earth that he wrote an article called Flat Earth Theory Totally Trashed. And he sent me an email last night asking me to read this and uh, have Mark and myself address it now because we're both me and James are you know we come from the Great Lakes region we've had uh, our own personal experience he's a guy that grew up on the west side of Lake Michigan which is very significant in this argument and I'm a guy who grew up on the east side of Lake Michigan we've had kind of different experiences and so he wanted me to read this and Mark said he would be game for it um, and uh, but yeah, before we could go on that, I strongly recommend you go to look at Mark's work. He's great as far as getting you kind of yeah, your feet wet in what this topic is all about, and he's very generous. And his personality, it's appealing. Whereas compared to maybe a guy like myself, I'm a little bit. <laughs> I could be. Oh, I could be. short. I could be a little rough. So <laughs> okay. Myself and myself. Uh, but you know that my, my journey is in this whole thing. I'm sharing this, as I told you, Mark. Uh, the reason I'm doing this show is to push the issue for myself, so that I may grow and that I might come to know the truth. Because I realize that I've been lied to all my life about so many different issues, and this turns out to be the big one of the biggest issues of all, yeah. if not the biggest issue of all. Um, um, outside of God himself. Um, um, And, you know, it's a really important issue for us to address and to take seriously. And, you know, we have... It's 2015. 2015. And there is absolutely no 
excuse why there's confusion about the place that we live in. We and the folks who you know part of the you know citizens of the United States of America supposedly had our tax money you know trillions, hundreds of trillions of dollars spent on this topic. Yeah, and we uh, are no closer to the truth today than 40, 50 years ago. This is not acceptable. This is not acceptable at all. And anybody, whether you believe that the earth is round or flat, you should at least accept this one issue. It is not acceptable that there's confusion about this issue. This should be established without doubt, without any speculation, without any kind of controversy, without even the need for a theory at this point. It's not acceptable, folks. I hope you realize that. And I hope you realize how wickedly wrong this whole situation is. And um, so anyways, I'm going to start reading this this um, article from James. And I want to just mention, James, that I love you. I'm not attacking you. I care about you. You asked me if we would address this, and, and I'm respecting that because I actually I care about you. So. <laughs> and so hopefully we can come to uh, some resolution um, about an understanding about what's going on. So it says this year, and this is interesting because uh, the, well, I'll just read and then we'll go from there. This year I was surprised to learn that some people still believe the earth is flat and not a globe. And not only that, I hear the flat earth theory has been gaining momentum and popularity the past six months. And so in the alternative, uh, I don't know what that, media, just enter in Google, quote, flat earth theory, end of quote, and you will get 95,100 results. And I imagine that's even increased since the SARS goal has been read. <laughs> I suspect the flat earth idea could be a trick of the NWO people to confuse those who study conspiracies. Is everything NASA is everything NASA is telling us a lie? Some people think that because NASA says so, it must be a lie. They distrust everything NASA has to say, and with good reasons. But in this case, I believe we don't have to take NASA as the final authority on the subject. Another reason could be that the NWO people want a group climate change deniers uh, excuse me, two group climate change deniers in the same category as flat earth people. <laughs> Interesting argument. This is a diabolical, this is diabolical. Climate change deniers have reputable scientists on their side, but the flat earth theory people have absolutely none. I think we can stop right there at this part of the article, and maybe we can address it just a little bit. I don't know if you caught anything or could understand anything I was saying. Yeah, 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 I caught it. 
Uh, we'll start with um, uh, the second paragraph here where he's talking about that this could be some kind of NWO conspiracy uh, to, to distract, yeah, to distract the world and to basically make conspiracy people look crazier than they already are. I've, I've heard this argument, and that is, it's like, well, you're gonna you're gonna make flat Earth become the forefront of the conspiracy world. Therefore, flat Earthers are gonna be tied direct. If if you think crazy, you're gonna think all conspiracy is crazy because it's gonna be tied to the flat Earth, and that is simply not true. Look, first off. Conspiracy world doesn't need really to, to it doesn't need flat Earth to attach the crazy label to it. Like every conspiracy <laughs> person long before this has already gotten you know some raised eyebrows for what they're covering, be it 9/11, JFK, Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, Pearl Harbor. T- t- it just goes it just goes on and on. So yeah, now. With that being said, uh, the flat Earth is the, is flat Earth the most controversial and the most polarizing? Yes, but you got to ask yourself why. Out of all the conspiracies I've ever heard, when you bring this up, and you don't, and it's really only two words. You can bring up enclosed world and Truman Show and enclosed this and that or, or virtual reality all day long, but the second you bring up flat Earth, people immediately dig in their heels. And and get and there's a there's an emotional response there's a visceral response and you gotta ask why even I and I was a veteran conspiracy person I looked at just about everything and I refused to look at this and 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 that's that's where you really have to start it's like why is this crazier than everything else why I mean we talk about royalty being lizard people we talk about alien abductions we talk about uh, you know every single if you can think of a fringe theory. Uh, the Mandela effect uh, recently. You can think of a fringe theory. Everybody's got pretty much an open mind to it, and people will say, yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting, or no, I don't believe in it. But when you talk flat earth, people just get, they just freaking lose it. And so, no, sorry, the, the circle back around, no. The, the conspiracy world does not need this to make them seem any more crazy. Uh, you've got to ask yourself, though, why him especially? You know, the fact that he's using New World Order in that paragraph, how can someone that why is someone who's who's open enough to think about the new world order and the Illuminati and the Bilderberg group and the Rothschilds and et cetera, et cetera, why is that person so violently opposed to this? And it is because of the conditioning. And and I've, I've got to preface this to your um, to your listeners, whoever's out there listening to this. It's because of this. How do you know you live on a globe? And by that I mean don't tell me what you've read. Don't tell me what you heard from somebody. How do you, listening right now, personally know you're on a globe? Because it comes down to two answers. One, everyone knows this, is because, oh, well, I saw the globe. It was in my classroom ever since I was a kid. And that's what they told us. Like, okay, that's good. And then I say, if you didn't have the globe, how else would you know? And then people come back and say, well, NASA told us. Obviously, they have the picture. <laughs> and I say, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. I am glad that NASA told you. Now, do you have enough faith in a military wing of the U.S. US government? In fact, not even just a military wing. A military wing that was formed, it was unique as a part of supposed to edit on the, you know, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard. Take your pick. This is unique because NASA was formed off the still glowing ashes of the Nazi war machine. So 
you know, would they ever? The, the question is, if they found it. Remember, because they couldn't, they couldn't even tell what the world looked like officially until the 1950s. So, if they found out that it was not a globe, how, you know, would they tell you? Would you know if would they prove science wrong? What they were saying, and 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 your your friend there, um, uh, what was his name again? James. James Arnold. Well, otherwise known as James Japan on the internet. Okay, okay. James Japan, what he was saying, you know, would, would um, is NASA, is everything that NASA says, are, are they wrong? Yes, absolutely they are. And that science isn't backing, you know, there's no science on this. Of course there isn't. Are you kidding? There's no scientist going to come out and say this. That shows you how thorough this is. No astronomer, no astrophysicist. No geologist, no hydrologist, no archaeologist, no, but no scientist, nobody with a PhD next to their name is going to come after this unless they are long retired or they are thinking of a career change because the second they do, they're going to be completely ostracized from the community. And uh, So no, there is no science backing this because they can't. They, they officially cannot do it because it's, that, it's considered that ludicrous, that nuts. And believe me when I say this, anyone listening... I thought it was nuts too. It took me months of hammering this thing out and trying to figure out because I thought it was a riddle. I thought it was the, the biggest riddle of all time, which was, uh, you know, prove you know prove that it's a globe. Okay, fine, it's easy. Everybody knows how to prove it's a globe, right? Yeah, it's easy until you start digging in, and then once you spend a little time, you can't you can't pull away, and then all of a sudden you realize it's a trick question. It's not it, it, you can't prove it's a globe because it never was a globe. And that's that's where your journey starts. So anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, that was great. That was great. I agree. And, and it, well, <laughs> just as you said, uh, you know, you have to use NASA to justify your belief in the girl, no matter yeah. what you say. You know, yeah. you have to because, like you said, you know, we have no, no one else is is giving us any kind of actual proof, quote unquote proof. That the Earth is a, a globe, except NASA. Yeah. No one else they, has. They define the sky. As a matter of fact, I had someone come back to me uh, the other day and and say, because I get this question actually every week, and they say, because no one wants to let go of everything at once. You know, it's always piecemeal. It's like, okay, fine, the moon was fake, but the ISS has to be real. And if the ISS isn't real, what about satellites? I go, you know what? What about satellites? I go. When it comes to satellites, you know, because they say, why don't you have any faith in satellites? And I go, okay, well, aside from the horrible ISS footage and everything that's up there, uh, you know, the horrible production value, who told you there were satellites in the first place? The same guys that told you they went to the moon? Because you're going to, you can't take it piecemeal. You want to believe one thing and not the other? Well, fine, they, they lied about the moon, but they're never going to lie about satellites. Really? Why not? Why aren't they going to lie about that? They control the skies. And by that, I mean everything above commercial air traffic, NASA controls it. And you can say, no, no, Japan's got their thing with JAXA and the European Space Agency and the Chinese Space Agency. And I go, no, 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 NASA wrote the book. They were the ones with Russia, which is why I go after them so hard, because they're so high profile. They're the ones that started this, and all other space programs have to go through them, and all satellite programs, for that matter. In fact, NASA had to form an entirely new bureau so when you, if you uh, want to send a satellite up where they take over and control whatever is happening after telemetry, it's called the AST, which is the uh, Aeronautical and Space Transportation Bureau. 
out of DC. It's it's a fascinating thing. So no, they've got they control everything you think about, everything you perceive in the sky is controlled by NASA. So how much faith do you have in them at this point? And if you're willing to sit there and say, no, I completely believe them. They're a benign science organization and they wear white uh, uniforms and they've got to be the good guys. And I'm going, uh, yeah, I, it's a nice thought that they're like Starfleet, but they're not really. You know, they're, they're entire, they're unique compared to every other military organization. You know, their, their whole their whole science was based off of missile technology. So anyway, sorry. I yeah. 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 So uh, I agree with you. And one thing too is like, for me, it's been nearly a year since I've been researching this on and off. And finally, I would say two weeks ago, three weeks, three weeks ago, probably, I don't know the date. All I know is just, um, it finally hit me like a ton of bricks. This is the truth after hundreds of hours of watching videos and researching and studying and that kind of thing. I said, you know what? They're right. They're absolutely right. I, and um, so, yeah, I agree with you that, you know, the most people, I understand even Jane's reaction. I do. Cause uh, you know what? Listen, six months ago, I was saying the same thing that this has to be some kind of psyox. There's some kind of Coventel thing going on and they're just messing with her, with her, with her heads. I was saying that I even said it on my show once back then. Um, now looking back, you know, but you know, once again, I put my foot in my mouth. So, Hey, surprise, surprise. <laughs> anyway, that's, you know, uh, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Uh, well, next, the next paragraph, it talks about once again, uh, that the fact that, uh, comparing it to the climate change deniers who have reputable scientists on their side, but the flat earth theory people have absolutely none. What's your statement on that one? Uh, my statement is the people that have been coming forward. Now, if you would have said, if you would have thrown that question at me, uh, what, five, six months ago, I would have said, you're absolutely right. There are, there's nobody that's come forward, which is why in the flat earth clues that I did, by the time I got to clue 10, I was calling out people. I said, look, there's people out there in professions that are related to this. And I'm not necessarily asking for an astrophysicist or an astronomer to come out. But I was looking for, like, look, if you know something that helps this cause, please come out and talk about this because everything is stacking up on the flat side and the 500 years of globe theory that's been out there. It's, it's just all smoke. It's all fog. There's nothing there. So... The no, have we got scientists? No, but we got some very, very interesting people which have come out in the last two months. Uh, starting the, the, the tip of the spear was uh, Sean McCrary, the United States Navy Sparrow Missile System instructor, who's been in 10 years and, and you know, one of the, the guys to go to when it comes to, to missile instruction on this weapon system. And he came out and said, Look, not only are we not showing any curvature when we're using a two inch beam radar at 50 nautical miles, which is about 58 if you round up uh, statute miles, where you should not be able to hit it because at 50 miles, you know, 50 plus miles, 60 miles, it's you know, 2000 plus feet below the curvature of the earth. We're hitting this with a straight beam uh, Two, the Coriolis effect, you know, the spinning of the earth as it, as it governs projectiles of any kind. That doesn't exist. He goes, we're, we're not using that in any firing solution. And he goes, the navigation is all wrong, especially in the Southern Hemisphere, which we already knew. He was confirming everything we knew. He was the first guy that came out just recently. I, I interviewed him on Strange World. Um, that was corroborated by a submarine electronics chief 
who came out very shortly after that and said, yeah, he goes, from a submarine standpoint, absolutely. He goes, we don't, we don't navigate with a curve. There's weird things happening in the southern hemisphere. There's no Coriolis effect when we're using torpedo firing solutions um, or the aerial missile solutions as well. Um, then I had a, um, a flight instructor come out. He, owned, he currently owns a flight school. He came out and said, yeah, the gyros show that we're flying over a flat plane, a career surveyor that says he shot massive tracts of land, you know, of everything from airport runways to car factories that are 20 miles long. He's going, in the surveying world, we've all heard of the curvature, but it's never used in real life. It's a myth. It's a legend. There's nothing to it. Uh, an industrial valve expert that comes out and he goes, I don't know how the ISS is even functioning at all because the technology they're using up there has so much maintenance involved that they should be doing no, they should be not doing any you know uh, any experiments at all on anything else. They should just be trying to stay alive on a daily basis. And instead, they're running around in dockers and polo shirts and socks, apparently with not a <laughs> care in the world. Well, here's and, another thing. Before we go on, I, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. That's but right. The, re- the real experiment would be actually the maintaining of that yeah. ISS. That would be the real experiment, and that would be actually really fascinating for the rest of the world to see and witness is them actually maintaining it. Yeah. These guys should be grease monkeys constantly, and they aren't. They're in perfectly clean clothes. Nobody's updating anything. They should be in spacesuits at all times, constantly. But not to mention, uh, again, I could go on the ISS. I could do a whole show on the ISS. Uh, but if people want to look some fun stuff on the ISS, look up ISS hoax on YouTube, or just look up like ISS hairspray or why there are no hatches between any of the compartments. Why are there no doors between all these things? One micrometeor gets through there, they all die in their khakis. I'm just saying. Um, also, <laughs> I, I had come out. Oh, um, a Marine sniper instructor. Uh, I read a statement of his on air uh, where he doesn't train in the Coriolis effect, even though national major media will say, Oh, yeah, yeah, snipers have to account for the curvature of the Earth. Really? At one mile, they have to count, I'm sorry, not the curvature, the Coriolis effect, because I've got an artillery guy from Fallujah who says they're not doing Coriolis in the firing solution. I've got an artillery guy in Afghanistan who says that using a pencil beam radar, they're not using the curve. So there's so many people that are coming. I I have no idea who's the next person. How many people do we have to line up before the you know the rest of them start taking notice at this point i'm almost waiting the next one i'm waiting for is air force uh possibly you know a retired astronomer maybe a retired astrophysicist that wants to look at it and i know it is tough for scientists to look at because if you've spent that much on schooling uh you know forget about your your regular globe reinforcement but if you actually you know spend that much on schooling and and, and everything that you know and everything that you've been dealing with in your career has told you that we live in a solar system that's spinning around the galaxy and our Earth is spinning around the sun at 60,000 miles an hour and the Earth is rotating at 1,000 miles an hour and there's all these forces everywhere. Prove it. Show me something that isn't based off of theory. Show me something, something physical that the public can latch on to because that's why this movement is gaining so much popularity because they, anyone can go down to the beach. You know, that's the easiest one to do, the curvature. Go down to the beach. Look at something across the water. You know, look at Chicago from 50 miles away. You shouldn't be able to see it. Uh, look at the island in Hawaii from 90 or 100 miles away. Shouldn't be able to see that island out there. Toronto. Um, you know, it, it just goes on and on. But 
it's been, yeah, so no. Do I have scientists? No, but I got a lot of other interesting people that the general public can grasp, uh, can latch on to a lot easier than a, a general scientist. Yeah, and knowing also how absolutely corrupt science is at this point, yeah. the notion of reputable scientists, yeah. yeah. who cares, you know, first of all, the, the contradiction of a reputable you know, we are, ter, you know, taught uh, in many different, you know, whether it's, you know, I, you know, I'm, I, today I'm a Christian. I've told you about that. And uh, but before I was a New Ager, and I, you know, we always talked about um, reputation and how we, it's not our responsibility. We have no responsibility of our reputation because we don't have any control over it. Yeah. And in reality, that's a, true, that's a true statement. We don't have any control over our reputation. In other words, what other people think about us. Consensus does not equate to truth. Never has. Yeah. We can just look at it as somebody, you know, the history of Christianity and the consensus. Well, the consensus was allowed... Uh, uh, Western Europeans, whether it's the British Empire, or, you know, it all goes back to Rome, uh, from my research, um, to, uh, and it even talks about, interesting in the Word of God, that it, this institution would be responsible not only for the slain of the prophets and saints, but all upon the earth. And it comes out to be true. So the consensus was, at one time, through the doctrine of discovery, that someone could just plant their flag and re representing Rome, the Roman Empire and their nation and their well, whoever it may be or Western Europe, plant their flag, their flag, throw out their idol, the cross, and say this is ours, and then go to proceed to annihilate in the Western Hemisphere, as they like to call it, a hundred plus million people. By the way, there is overwhelming evidence that they knew what they were doing when it came to giving folks. Uh, yeah, smallpox infected blankets. They knew about that. They knew about that. They were not idiots. So, anyways, my point being in all this consensus doesn't mean anything, and reputation doesn't mean anything, and rep being a reputable scientist at this point doesn't mean anything if one is critically thinking. I will move on. So, anyways, I think there's a, a video that I will address. We don't have to address it on this show because. But I, I feel like doing actually a show on it. But, anyways, this is a video that's, that's been. <laughs> being thrown around everywhere, a nine-minute, 44-second video from a young man um, that's gaining some traction, a little bit of traction, but not much traction. But what was interesting, uh, if I can find it again, uh, is how many people actually looked at this particular video so far. You have 126,000 people, and it's the Earth, Flat Earth Conspiracy 100% debunked without citing NASA. Case closed. Anyways, turns out citing NASA. Um, We'll skip that, but he says here, you know, I want to present something that the video does not cover. If the earth is indeed flat, we should be able to see land across an ocean <clears throat> for, okay, with a powerful telescope. We should be able to see land from the opposite coast of Lake Michigan while standing on a Navy pier in Chicago. We can't. Land 48 miles away is not even visible from the top of the observatory of the Willis Tower in Chicago. 
This distance is only half of the, the average width of Lake Michigan. <clears throat> well, uh, the distance from Illinois and Wisconsin to the state of Michigan on Lake Michigan's eastern shore. Well, uh, there's a picture here showing Lake Michigan and the city of Chicago and the southern western shore. He's very upset. So we'll start. We'll stop here and we'll look at that. Start with sentence one, which is very uh, or two sentences. And it says here, if the Earth is indeed flat, we should not, uh, we should be able to see land across an ocean with a powerful telescope. We can't. What do you have to say about that? Oh yeah, atmospheric distortion is going to get in the way eventually. No question. Uh, everything is going to get is going to get blurry. You got to remember the atmosphere is uh, is not a vacuum. It's really just a light version of water. Uh, if you've ever tried to look underwater, even at very very clear water at distance, it's going to get a little blurry after a while. Uh, our atmosphere that we're in, you know, nitrogen, oxygen, it is, the, and not to mention throwing weather effects. We'll get will things will get blurry at, at certain distances. So if you try to look a thousand miles away. There's no way it, it, you're you're looking through a, a a much clearer version of smoke. It's it's you're not going to be able to do it. However, that being said, the camera technology that's out that's been out over the last five ten years, especially um, the, the zoom capabilities are incredible with HD. And so yes, we can we can show. There's tons of videos now on YouTube where you can you know you're looking out in the horizon, you don't see anything, and you can zoom in on a ship very very far away. Uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles. And in some cases, yeah, Chicago or Toronto or the Hawaiian Islands. Take your pick. There's a lot out there. So, no, absolutely. You can see great, great distances. No. If you had the most powerful telescope in the world, well, we have to see now. I mean, if, at this point, maybe somebody should take out uh, the biggest thing with the, the greatest zoom thing and see how far you can go. I don't think we've actually reached the limit of how far we can, we can see over the flat plane. Right. So I think right now the farthest we've seen as far as, you know, from island to island is about 100 miles. That's out in Hawaii. You can look that up. Uh, Flat Earth Island, I think if you look at the search in YouTube, you'll be able to see that, the island they're talking about. And I, forgive me, I don't know the Hawaiian name of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you can see, well, well over 100 miles. 1,000 miles, uh, that may be a little tough. Uh, just because it's so far away, I think you know, even zooming in with the best HD technology or... or uh, or optical lens, there's going to be just too much distortion to see anything. So, yeah. yeah. Then there's a lot of other variables where you're talking about the height of the observer. But there's uh, that. There's that there's, as well. Then you, you know, if you're talking about an ocean, and now we're talking about a very, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, storms, waves, waves they get up to what, fifty, sixty feet more. Some, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. In the middle of the ocean. You're never, ever going to see past a certain point because there's always something in the way. There's going to be, yeah, not to mention the, uh, I mean, yeah, if you're looking through, if it's cloudy or foggy, anywhere along that route, you're not going anywhere with that thing. Although I will say, because I mentioned this, uh, you know, some months ago, that would be curious if someone could actually take an observatory lens and turn it horizontal and see how far you could look. Unfortunately, the best telescopes are controlled by the astronomers, and I don't think they'd really want to have any part of this. No, but that's just a theory. <laughs> also, back you know we're talking about reputable scientists. I know I'm going to jump back a little bit here, but uh, we look at Copernicus and his. He, he was a madman, and uh, many of the madmen who 
who uh, they're part of their religion is the worshiping uh, the bodies of heaven, in particular the sun, and sun worship is a big part of all this. Um, you know, reputable scientists they, from the get go, there's unreputable scientists pr- 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 promoting uh, and selling the whole idea of the earth as a ball to begin with. So it's not a, and that's not a path that we really want to go down. Really, if you want to, be, we could just be, you know, <laughs> fighting for days over what we mean by a reputable scientist. But back to this um, paragraph, he says, now he goes here, uh, uh, we should be able to see land on the opposite side of Lake Michigan while standing on Navy Pier in Chicago. We can't. Uh, land 48 miles away is not even visible on top of the observatory in Willis Tower in Chicago. And this distance is only half the, of the average width of Lake Michigan. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to have to do some more research because there is a lot of, not just still pictures, but video footage uh, showing, showing distances far greater than that. So no, no worries. I don't know where he's where he's getting it, but you can absolutely see land from with the naked eye. Probably not because the naked eye is what the the visual perspective closes in at what three miles. Uh, but camera assisted, oh yeah, you could definitely look further. So I want to address this because I've done some research on this, and if you're patient with me, spend maybe five minutes on this. Or, Sure. Um, first of all, uh, according to the, uh, those who don't know what the Willis Tower is, that used to be the Sears Tower, and it's pretty tall. <laughs> it's pretty tall building. Anyways, this is what it says from the, themselves there at Willis Tower, the sky deck. On a clear day, you can see four states, Illinois, and in Indiana, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Visibility from the sky deck is approximately... 40 to 50 miles, that's 65 to 80 kilometers, the average sway of the building, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, so it says here that you can see Michigan. Uh, now, part of this, I know he says, you know, that the, that's only 48 is, is only half the average distance of, uh, of Lake Michigan, but this is true. This is true. But still, you, the, the argument originally was, and still, you know, we can't see Michigan from uh, Chicago. Now it's true that we have I've been looking, and we don't. I don't have any great photos of uh, from Chicago to Michigan. And there, first of all, there's a very good reason for it. If you look at the western um, basin of, uh, of Lake Michigan, we have the city of Chicago. It has a skyline. With very tall buildings. In particular, if we look at the uh, Willis Tower, it is 1,451 feet plus, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's the tallest building, and one of the tallest buildings in the world, and definitely the tallest structure in, in the Great Lakes region. Now, if you go to the other side, in Lake Michigan, there's nothing, even the, I think the, the tallest building. Let me see here real fast. I know for certain there's nothing over 400 feet. Uh, and now we're talking about we're going on a Grand Rapids way in, inland. So the tallest building, in, in of course, in, in, is in uh, Detroit, Michigan, in the Renaissance Center. Um, 
we look, uh, we just look over the tallest buildings in Michigan, and we see that there's one in Grand Rapids. It's way inland. That uh, you know, that's 400 feet. There's nothing on the western uh, shores of Lake Michigan that's of any significant height. Nothing. Zero. I don't know what the tallest building is, but I'd be very surprised if it's more than 10 stories. I really would be. They've done a very, they've been very conscientious of trying to keep the western shore with its sand dunes and everything else as pleasant as possible because, you know, it's a tourist magnet. If you ever get a chance to go to Lake Michigan, it's very cold, but it's blue. It was enjoyable. The sands, the beaches there are enjoyable to go to. As a, a young man, um, I have gone to places like uh, uh, the Indiana sand dunes, which are about the very closest point of Indiana sand dunes that are 29 miles to Chicago. Then you also can go to, to the Grand Beach, uh, Michigan, <clears throat> further east. That's about 40 miles away, just, uh, and it's very nice. And then you go to St. Joseph, the, uh, Michigan, which is 83.3 miles. Now, based on whether or not which calculation you use, I have two of them here. One that's the, 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 the standard. Um, maybe Mark can talk about that a little bit to introduce people that uh, the equation, that the standard equation that uh, us flat earthers use. Maybe you can talk about that just a little bit. We talked about it before the show. so. Sure, sure. The uh, the standard equation for the curvature of the Earth. In case anyone doesn't know, and this is don't glaze over when I say this, it's not just eight inches per mile. That's the common misconception. In fact, you look in, in Wikipedia, it'll actually say eight inches per mile. But in just about any university uh, periodical, it'll say eight inches per mile squared. So what that means is after the first mile, so the first mile there's supposedly, again, only if you believe in a globe here, the first mile should only be eight inches of drop. However, when you get to the second mile, it's two miles times two, times, which is four, times eight is 32 inches. Third mile, it gets even greater. So it's three times three, which is nine, times eight is 72 inches, and it goes on and on, which means at, when you get up to about 50 miles, it's about 1,700 feet if you're rounding up of curvature. So you shouldn't be able to see anything at a 50-mile distance that's uh, lower than 1,700 feet in elevation. There you go. Right. Thank you very much. So. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so we got this. And then also uh, with uh, my friend James, he uses the curvature, the Earth Curve Calculator. That's an app that you can uh, get online. It's uh, Diz... Zib, I guess of this is D I Z Z I B dot G I T H U B dot I O slash Earth slash Curve Calc slash. Anyways, so you can find it. So, and you can do the, their own calculations if you want. So, based on my own calculations, you the model that you just shared with me, which is the uh, the Pythagorean. Uh, model the proof of the curvature of the earth and there's supposedly from uh now this is uh indiana sandums and i recommend anybody who's my my part of the woods to go there because it's, it's quite pleasant it is actually 
and especially on a nice, calm, sunny day, you can go there. Although the water is cold, you get nice beaches there, uh, the sand dunes, and you can't get in the water if you want, and it's just pretty. One of the things that I was always amazed by was how um, easy it was, and how the striking it was, the skyline of Chicago. Now, based on the calculations that we get here, folks, and I know that my sign draw and boring, but let's, I think we should deal with it. Um, the Indiana sand dunes, based on the Pythagorean formula that Mark just shared, eight times uh, 30 miles squared divided by 12 would be an eight, excuse me, a 600-foot drop. Now, I'm looking at a picture that... James just shared with me of, of the Indiana sand dunes 20 miles away. Knowing that the, the Willis or the Sears being uh, uh, 1,452 feet high, with that drop, that means logically that well over a third of that building should not be seen. Am I correct, Mark? Are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mic, my mic was muted. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you you should not be so, able to see it. No, no right. If you have so you have a structure that's 15, basically. We'll say we'll just uh, 14. I'm just going to give 14, and I'm going to minus the 50. For a uh, structure that's 1,400 feet high, if you have a drop of 600 feet, we know that at least a third of that building should not be seen. That's true. But in reality. We see almost the entire building from the very top to the very bottom. Yeah. So it was brilliant, and what a blessing it was that they built the Sears building or the Sears Tower or the Wills Tower because now we have our reference points to do this math and to prove or disprove the math. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's forget about the rest of the Chicago skyline. We just look at the Wills building. Something's wrong with the math. The next one is Grand Michigan. And there's endless pictures there, too, folks, of uh, beautiful views of Chicago. This is 40 miles away. Uh, based on the formula, once again, the Pythagorean formula that Mark shared with us, eight times uh, 40 miles square divided by 12 should be a 1,606 drop. Oh, by the way, uh, yes, okay. And then based on the... the uh, app that my friend James shared with us, the drop should be 912, almost 913 feet drop, or what I like to call the hidden hidden view, the hidden, what do they call that, the hidden height. Is that what it is? The hidden height. So based on that calculation, and there's endless pictures of a beautiful skyline and of the, the Willis Building, uh, we should only we only should see uh, less than a third of that building. And if you look at if you get a picture of the Willis Building, you see it's stacked conveniently in thirds almost. So you got the main base, and then there's it's wider than the middle base, and then the the, the third upper base or section is narrower than the middle base. So kind of a stacked three step type of obelisk type of thing or if you want. And so it's just 
really convenient to look at that. So we have a reference point. That doesn't happen. We can almost see the entire building from 40 miles away. This is something that with our own eyes we can see, and I've seen personally with my own eyes, and I know that thousands of other people have seen this. Bare minimum. Now we go to uh, St. Joseph. I think believe this is somewhere around the same place where that famous photograph that uh, uh, was claimed to be a mirage of Chicago. Well, clearly, anybody pays attention to what a mirage is. I know, like they call it in in, in, the great, in Lake Michigan, they like to call it the, uh, the Milwaukee the Milwaukee sky is what they call it. Because yeah. uh, there are times, believe it or not, from, from Michigan you can see Milwaukee. <laughs> That's something else to think about. Anyways, from 83 miles away, it's 83.38, whatever. Using the formula that that uh, Mark shared with us, it should be have a drop of. 4,206 feet and 66 inches. There's <laughs> 66. Yeah. Then there's the um, the formula from the app, which would equate to 4,000. This is ironic. This is the irony of ironies. You notice that the other formula for um, from the app for Grand Grand Beach, there's uh, 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 there was a decrease of like 150 some feet. But in this app, it actually says that there's an additional foot. This is why you can't trust these apps at all because they just throw out numbers. It says here that it's 4,267.85 feet. Knowing that the building is 1,451 feet tall, what does that tell you folks? What does that tell you? What does it tell you? That means that the city itself, from the very tip of it, the very high, highest of heights of the skyline, the Willis Building should be at least what? It's at least two times greater under the curvature of the Earth. In other words, you can't, you should not be able to see anything, anything but one thing: water. Is that right, Mark? Yeah. Absolutely right. This is very disturbing when you realize how bad they lie to us and how ignorant and how lazy we are to check anything. And why should we check anything? Why would anybody ever in their uh, furthest of dreams, you know, ever assume or think that people would lie to you about what your world looks like? Why, of all things, why would you lie about that? Why would you lie about this? Why would you give such faulty information, just bad math calculations. One can only assume that one is trying to hide something. And that is the fact that the world that we live in is not what they're saying. This is a safe bet. Now, reverse that. We'll look back at their their own uh, app, and then I'm not going to shut up, Mark. I appreciate you. you oh, no, no, it's totally okay. It's your show. Well, no, you're te- you actually you're teaching me, and I'm learning. So, believe it or not, so okay. Okay. <laughs> so based based on uh, using the, the the calculation, so there's there's a problem here. It's she's a disparity. So the Earth curvature calculator says from the height, the very top 
And of course, we're not actually looking at the very top. We probably could. We'll, we'll just change this number to 1,400 feet because that's more realistic. That's where, where the observation deck is at the Willis Building. Uh, at 83 miles distance, there should be a drop of 4,107.70 or 71 feet. Okay, so from St. Joseph and points from all the way, you know, all the way along the coast of Lake Michigan, we'll just say from St. Joseph, all the way to Chicago going south, you know, uh, to Indiana and then to uh, the, the, the edge of the city of Chicago. You can actually see the city of Chicago. So 83 miles away, you can see the city of Chicago from the east. And when the, the, the waters are calm, and the conditions are right. Now, many people have seen this. One can only come to the conclusion that something's seriously wrong here, in particular about the math, if anything else. You should not be trusting the math that you're reading. So, and, um, so anyway, so this is something else he says here. Huh. I love you, James. I hope you realize I'm not attacking you. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, uh, I'm go. We should just read this. Sure. So we read that. Uh, some of this is not worthy of being... It's just re- repetitive. Okay. Um, you know, he talks about how... Uh, does this mean if I could get just a bit higher from the ground. Let's see. He's got that the um let me give you Okay, let's say I was standing on Lakeshore Drive and the road is run parallel to Lake Michigan. My eyes height above the surface, the water would be at least twenty feet. Oh. That would make the Michigan shoreline uh, 1,205 feet below the horizon, which is 5.5 miles. Okay. Well, uh, now let's say I went to the top observatory deck, the tallest building in Chicago, Willis Tower, formerly called Sears Tower, which approximately is 1,400 feet from my eye height to the ground. Eastern shore is now only three feet below the horizon. Still can't see. Which, of course, is not true because even the folks at the Willis Tower say that you can see it from 48 miles away. And so does this, does this mean if I could get just a bit higher from the ground at that point, I could see the opposite side shore of Lake Michigan. It sure does. Once, when flying from Detroit back to Chicago, I saw the western shore from an elevation of 30,000 feet. <clears throat> okay, this goes now back to the fact that uh, we could see the opposite shore from St. Joseph, 83 miles away, and there's nothing close to 30,000 feet. It's only what eight, let's say six feet, eight feet from when the picture was taken. I only have reported seeing both sides of Lake uh, Michigan from an airplane. Just this fact 
absolutely proves their curvature of the earth. <clears throat> okay, so the, the question I want to ask to you, Mark, based mm-hmm. on what he just said, he's talking about the, the, the flying. At 30,000 feet, he was able to see uh, from Chicago, basically from the, it's like uh, Detroit to Chicago, that mm-hmm. that proves that the earth has a curvature. <laughs> How in the world did he come up with that? Uh, because he could see in a plane from Detroit to Chicago or can't see it from Detroit to Chicago? That he can see it. No. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. And and plus, you know, if he's going down that road, he might as well talk about how so many people have said, oh, no, I can see the curvature when I'm actually up in a plane, a physical, you know, bending of the horizon. And I come back and say, fine, you know, and we've, this has been going on for nine months now, and nobody's done it. That is, take a picture of it, put it on your, it's going to be easier like on a laptop or a bigger screen, put it on that, put a straight edge to it, up to it, put, put anything, with, you know, a ruler, a piece of paper, whatever you want, and tell me the curve's still there. Tell me, tell me, see it, because we've seen videos from weather balloons. Now, there's two different types, but the one that we go, we kind of trust right now is the uh, the dog cam video out of the UK. They're up at 110,000 feet, and there's no curve. So if they don't see a curve at 110,000 feet, how are you seeing one at 35,000 feet? So, no, no, his question, no, he's, no, there is no... Uh, and I don't even know how many different ways I can drill this into his head if he's listening. And I get, believe me, I am not, I'm not trying to offend uh, this man in any way, shape, or form because I was uh, where he is now. And that is, look, look at the Navy guy. That's the one I've, I've been preaching as of late, which is, you know, he's shooting a, a two-inch beam radar at uh, 58 miles. At, and he's shooting it from low elevation, maybe, maybe 30, 40, 40 feet up, and he's hitting a target. He's painting a target at at least 58 miles away. He won't. You know, he's not even allowed due to um, uh, DOD requirements. He's not even allowed to tell us what the maximum range of that radar is. And at 58 miles, that's 2,000 feet below the horizon. Even if you take into account the you know the elevation of the ship where he is, that ship's not high enough to even come close to broaching it. That beam should be going straight into the water. So how are they painting the targets? How does that system work? It cannot work on a globe. Cannot happen. And yet, it's working every day that these guys are using it. And in fact, it's a NATO system. It's not even exclusive to the United States. It functions perfectly. Mm. I'll go with that. So let's go on with this. So it says here, uh, I, uh, next paragraph, uh, the photo below, I mean, of course you can't see this, but anyways, it's uh, from the uh, Willis Tower looking into Lake Michigan towards the shore of Lake Michigan. It says, the photo below will, was taken from approximate height of the Sky Deck ob- Observatory of the Willis Tower. As you can see, the land on, on the opposite side of Lake Michigan is not visible. Only a water horizon can be seen. Now, mind you, this is just a, you're, it's obviously not a high-powered, you know, telescopic lens that you could really focus in far. Yeah. It's just a standard photograph. So right there, it's not worth much. Sure. And plus the fact that you're also going to have to now say to all the many, at least hundreds, of people who swear from the observatory deck they can see the coast of Michigan. So either 
that they're full of crap or this just uh, the picture isn't worth much. It goes on, um, well, this helped change the minds of flat earth theorists. By the way, at this point, I don't feel I'm a theorist. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't feel like I'm operating on theory at this point because I have used my own senses, my ability to see, my own experience, and to be, and along with, because I'm a Christian, the Bible, and, um, I don't even like the term Christian, but I believe in the, in the, word, the Bible and what it has to say, and uh, this gentleman does as well, so we have an issue with that, because the Bible is saying one thing from what this, my friend James is saying, yeah. and what I said most of my life, so either the book is full of crap or we're full of crap, one or the other. And maybe both. Could be that, too. There's a third. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, going on this. Uh, I don't know. It says, one of my friends remain unconvinced. He cannot explain in his own words satisfactory to me why I can't see the Michigan shoreline from Chicago. He said the weather and visibility has something to do with it. But the photo from the the height, height, height of the Willis Tower looking across uh, Lake Michigan shows a clear sky. Is he in denial? I think he's talking about me right now. <laughs> there is only one thing he, he can do. Throw YouTubes at me made by unknown people with no credentials. Oh gosh, got to have the credentials. James, 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 James. Where are your credentials? Where's my credentials? What are credentials? Well, because of, because a PhD, honestly, if this thing, you know, when it comes out, uh, PhD is not going to be a badge you're going to wear on your sleeve. I, I guarantee it. Unfortunately, and no offense to all those people with advanced educations, but if you're in the physical sciences, ooh, it's going to be a dark day when uh, with, when this headline comes out. I agree with you because the these uh, the high priests of astrophysics physics. Uh, they have a lot to be accountable for. You know, at the top, they all got to know what's going on. If they don't, they got to take a lot of Prozac or something. They got to take drink a lot. They did something to sedate themselves from the fact that they're living a lie and perpetuating it. Yeah. You have no conscience. You've lost your conscience at that point. And I understand why it happens with all the many stresses that are put upon your life to, to trap you from the educational system to being a debt slave to, et cetera. But you know what? Accountability is accountability, and if we could do something, if we could change something that we know we're doing wrong, it's our responsibility to do that. Um, Anyways, regardless of where you're at and who you are and what belief system you may have, there's this thing called doing doing what's right, doing the next thing. That was according to you, but just what is in you, you know, you have a conscience. So, anyways, it goes on here, it says, uh, he, he is... He is in denial, he says. There is only one thing he can do. Throw YouTubes at me, made by unknown people with no credentials. Well, since that time, that has changed, and he still has that up there. So, I saw a couple of those YouTubes, and they are filled with nothing but specious arguments. Specious arguments. Now, an argument that appears good at first view, but really is fallacious. Hmm. Falsely appearing to be good, just right, appearing to be true, but actually false. I learned it's easy to fool people, but the magnitude, uh, harder 
but maybe too harder to convince them that they have been fooled. <laughs> Isn't this interesting? The reverse circular art. Well, I was about to say he he pretty much said it. Uh, and <laughs> I I did a clue on that, which showed how easy, how easy it is to fool people. And in this case, most of the work had already done been done for them. The the, the trick had already been played on you. The conspiracy isn't the trick itself of, of where you live. It's just keeping it hidden. That's, that's all it is. The trick wasn't built by us. Uh, it was All we've been doing is trying to extend the life of it. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And isn't it interesting that uh, the way they figured it all out to control us, the masses, is not that, you know, it's, it's not that, that they're doing much of anything. It's that we're doing it to each other. You know what I mean? In other words, uh, I don't know about you lately, but, you know, lately there's not been, you know, the Gestapo showing up and knocking on my door, yeah. forcing me to believe any of this stuff. No. No, this was easy. This was yeah. easy. The easiest condition in the world, and for people who don't know what I'm talking about here, it is just putting a globe in your classroom when you're six years old and just letting it sit there. They don't even have to push it. They don't have to put any documentation with it. Kids just naturally will play with it, and the teachers will reinforce it, you know, with simple, easy words to understand. Oh, yeah, that's where you live. That's where you are. That's your right. home. And uh, 12 years of that, uh, the CIA wishes it had programs with better brainwashing than that. But 12 years is a long time. <laughs> Do you know what the definition of satellite is? Special definition, generic definition. The, the the modern definition or the uh, the scientific definition? Uh, yeah, just the you know, generic. An orbiting an orbiting body. Orbiting body. So, anyways, that that's so generic, folks. You know, when people say, "Well, you know," I, I, at this point, I don't believe in satellites either because I can't I can't never seen even a satellite in the sky. A picture of anything, you know, with all the many thousands, that's, you know, an argument you and I already know about. But I just got a picture here. Here's a view of Lake Michigan from a satellite. Now, that satellite could be, a, that satellite is an orbiting body. It could actually be a plane, couldn't it? Yeah. It qualifies. That's as, most likely a plane, yeah. And it could qualify as a satellite, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It's, you know, generic. So anyways, and it goes here is that what... Uh, what the Chicago uh, skyline looks like from Indiana sand dunes, 29 miles away. The bottom of the buildings are hidden by the horizon. This proves the curvature of the Earth. The problem is the bottom of the buildings actually aren't being hidden. Now, maybe the street is, I guess, maybe the first couple feet of it, maybe, because of the waves. But based on the calculations that you, you gave us, it should be... A third of the buildings of the Sears building, the Willis building, should be disappeared. Now, if you look at the Chicago skyline, that means that 90-plus percent of all the other buildings should be hidden as well, and they're not. That's a big issue. That's a really big issue, and that's we're denying what's right in front of our face. And even the video that and the picture that my friend shared discredits the argument. Now, the other thing he says here is that standing on one of those sand dunes 100 feet above the surface of Lake Michigan would not would put the horizon 12 miles away. This uh, would hide the bottom 187 feet from those buildings. By the way, there's not 187 feet. Listen, think about how high 187 feet is. 
do we remember this was like look at a tree in your yard go in your yard or your park or whatever next time you look at a tall tree that's maybe 30 or 40 feet tall let's say 40 feet tall now multiply that by what four and some that's pretty tall that's a big chunk of space let's think about that now when it comes to as I told him said I saw the city exact same view that you just presented on this page along with thousands of others on a yearly and annual basis the same skyline with just my head popping out of the water that now reduces that to a one foot anyways and then against another video here so I I thank you for spending this time with me doing this, James. But or James, James Mark. as well as Mark, both of you, <laughs> as I'm sure. But the problem is, you know, at this point, I, I'm going to trust my eyes, and I understand if there's a, you know, uh, I understand the frustration, the anger, how you perturbed you are about it, how perturbed I was about it. I mean, I've been going at this on and off, and then for nine months until the finally clicked. So I understand how hard it's going to be for the rest of the world, the average person who hasn't even spent 15 minutes on it to accept what we're talking about. So it's going to be a lifetime being told the complete opposite. So it's really, I love you, brother, James. Regardless of what happens, this should not be a reason for us not to talk about it. If you want to call me a stupid flat earther, that's cool. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> it, is, it is it is the unfortunate thing about the concept, and that is you for most people. And, and if you're one of those lucky, lucky few that can that can absorb this thing in a day, great, good for you. I, I envy you in that that capacity. But most people, I mean, ninety five, ninety eight percent of people cannot get this in a day. So it's frustrating for like because I get emails all the time. It's like, yeah, I tried to sit down with my family. And I thought I could sit them down and talk and, and convince them of flat earth in a couple hours. And I was going, why, why would you do that? How long? And, and I come back and say, really? How long did it take you? And they go, oh, probably four or five days. I was going, and what do you think you're doing? All you can do is put the seed in their head and just wait. I mean, it's like a, I'm not kidding when I said uh, it's like a marble in a paint can. You can't, once it's in there, you can't shake it out. It's got to be resolved one way or the other. You, you ignore it. Or you have to, or you have to deal with it. And so, trying to sit down with your family uh, again. Also, why I said it's kind of like Fight Club, uh, but I call it Flat Club, which is you only tell the people that you think are kind of cool to it. You don't tell your average conspiracy person. You tell people it's like, look, if I tell you something, will you think, you know, will you judge me and think that I'm nutty? And they go, no, no. It's like good because I want. I got a video to show you. And after that, here's about a hundred more videos. And uh, you know, let them let them deal with it on their own time because you can't you can't rush this. It's people get people get angry. And this guy that you're talking to over in Japan, you know, he's he's gonna take a while, no question. Uh, with, with a little help though, I, I think he may come around. Yeah, I think. I, well, I think you know, it's, <clears throat> I understand where he's at, and it's and I and it, like I said, uh, it wasn't until like uh, two or three weeks ago. I mean, really, I, I really. Once it clicked, that's the funny thing too. Is uh, I'm, I have not been able to function at all for two or three weeks, and I hear this over and over again from other folks who have gone down the, this path uh, prior to my experience, yourself and others who go through the same thing. I mean, once it clicks, you're just like, whoa, 
Yes, this is true, and this is really a huge and a big issue. The big, maybe the biggest issue out there, and yeah. because you know what, if you can convince the rest of the people that you've been lied to about the fact that what your world looks like, what do you think the rest of it is? Yeah, yeah, everything <laughs> falls into line after that because, and that, uh, another reason why this thing is going to be, try, you know, suppressed as much as it can, for for that exact thing, what you just said there, which is, if they lied about this, what else did they lie about? If they lied about the biggest thing there is, then it can, what else can be trusted or not trusted? And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. So I have a question for you from from your series of the clues. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two, you talk about uh, Bird, Admiral Bird. Yeah. And I was hit. I was dumbfounded by this because this, you know, this interview that you have there is from 1954. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was on television and his pr- promoting the whole idea of going to the Antarctica. And but I'm going to go the other side, mm-hmm. uh, North Pole, and he says this. If I can read my writing. Uh, the North Pole, this is his own words. Now, this is 1954, folks. Let's think about this. And for you, if you do, you can't visualize this. Yeah, there was a world war, and the world was interacting with each other, but still, it's 1954. In a lot of respects, compared to today, as far as technology goes and all that, we were in the Dark Ages, at least. Uh, so anyways, this... Uh, it says here, Admiral Byrd, this is the North Pole, this is a quote, he says, North Pole is a crowded place. And then he says, uh, it's a place where uh, people live and lots of activity. Uh, it's a useful, he said, it's a useful place to live. And, but he said, he said there's people that live in the North Pole. And there's a lot of activity in North Pole. This is, this is 1954, folks. Yeah, I want to hear what you're what you got from that because to me that I, for some reason that 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 that's kind of stuck out to you. Yeah, yeah, you you know it's a good point, and I hadn't really thought about that statement because that was early in the interview, and he said, yeah, it's getting kind of crowded up there, which is interesting because you don't hear about the North Pole area being crowded for any reason. Uh, and and you also really didn't hear about him doing anything in the North Pole after 1926. I mean, officially, for the record, he spent the majority all the way up until his dying day in 1957 uh, in the South Pole. So, interesting, interesting point. I, I Unfortunately, I don't have much more information. On, I know. On I, well, that's what disturbs me about it. Yeah. Is that we don't have much information. <laughs> yeah. What is this man saying? What was he saying? Is it just some Freemason talking his double talk? Or yeah. well, you're right. Why would why would the North Pole be crowded in 1954? What the, the hell North... are they even doing there? What what kind of a lot of activity going on in North Pole? What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there should and there should have been because officially, again, after 1926, he didn't really. Now there were other groups up there, and maybe he was a consultant, but uh, I, you know, he in the end, I think he knew just about everything. Okay, so. He says, uh, he's, you know, the question goes like, who? The, my question is, who's living there? Who is living there in the North Pole? And then my next thought was, what's the name of the the gentleman, the Ar- the Ar- Arabic Ar- Arabic uh, gentleman who 
they used a map for like Noah and all that, the flat Earth map. Oh, oh, um, uh, the Persian scientist Persian. Albert Biruni, B-I-R-U-N-I. When was that actually that map actually um, created? Do you remember sometime to catch it? Was cre- it was created about a th- about 1000 A.D. That's about the only you know that they approximated it. So they're using a, t- a 2000 year uh, 1000 me, 1000 year old map today, yeah. where most of us are not. Yeah, and then I'm looking at Gerardus, Gerardus uh, Mercator's. You know him? Yeah, the Mercator, the Mercator map. Yeah, that's 500 years old. And he got a map of the Earth, the, the North Pole, that looks a lot different than what you and I were ever taught. Yeah, and that's but, still the one they use in schools, which is interesting. Yeah, so the general shape of it they use, but he says here, if we look at the map, it has something in the center. And it has four kind of circular land masses with the mountain ridge circling it. Now, it's 1950s, or excuse me, it's 15, yeah, or 1600s, almost the 1700s at this point. They uh, had uh, oh, 100 years of sending people over to occupy the Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. So, and in also thousands of years of navigating, and no matter how, how they're going to try to convince me at this point that they didn't know what the heck they were doing back then, I'm not buying it anymore. In other words, there was this whole idea that they weren't interacting. Now, maybe, maybe large portions of, of Western Europe weren't interacting with everybody else, but the rest of the world was interacting. Yeah. That's a profound statement. Think about what I just said there. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I, you know, we. I. I never really thought the Earth was the world was closed off. I've heard of too many deals that had happened over the years and, and centuries. That, uh, especially once technology got involved. Uh, we. You know, but I. That's all I really got to say about it. I know that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. If we look at how they memory hold history outside of you know past of the the 1600s, you can't really count in on anything. You can't even count up the past 500 years much of the history because, you know, as we all know the story. So we all know that victors control the history. Mm-hmm. And we know endless examples. I mean, it's endless of examples of erasing history. I just find that fascinating because not only is the Antarctic very interesting, you know, to contemplate about the fact that we have not done anything about it. And I want you to address that. The fact is, if this claim is true from Admiral Byrd, mm-hmm. which is no reason why I think that he would lie to us about it, yeah. we just uh, what's going on in the North Pole? So not only what's going on in the North Pole, but what's going on in the South Pole, and why do we have why are we so ignorant of it? So that's what I would like you to address, if you're willing to do. Why are we so ignorant about the two quote unquote poles? <laughs> the well, the North Pole not so not so much ignorant as we're just kind of kept in the dark uh, about what's going on up there. But I, it's not as important to me as the South. But yeah, the North Pole in a in in a flat map is just the center of the map, where you know the magnetic North is probably rotating around underneath it. But the South Pole, which is very very interesting, which is you know we all think of the South Pole as this giant continents and it was similar to um, Australia only slightly bigger around and 
which is also interesting because the only picture we had of the Earth from space only showed one continent in its entirety. And you would have thought since it was the U.S. space program, it would have been like North America or something. No, it was Antarctica. Why would the only picture taken uh, since July of this year, from 1972 until July of 2015, why was the only photograph ever released of Earth from space showing just Antarctica and the bottom part of Africa? Yeah, I'd ask that. Um, that's because they wanted to hide what Antarctica really looked like. And Antarctica is not a continent. It's the only true lie on the map that you see in the classroom. Antarctica is just this giant, endless field of snow and ice that extends all around us. Uh, rises up 150 to 200 feet of the coast. We know this. Uh, and then it starts sloping up really fast to about two miles high. About 10,000 feet is the most unique uh, landmass we've ever seen where uh, and it plateaus out and then you know that's minimum 10,000 feet and and goes up to you know upwards of 20,000 feet and higher in some places and there's no indigenous plant life no animal life no ancient ruins no no people live there it is hostile it is like it, the most uh, uh, direct form of negative reinforcement for like a, a terrarium you've ever seen. And that is there's no, if you even get out there, if you're doing exploring out there, you've got to bring your own supplies from day one because you're not going to be going very far. And that's, you know, the, no other continent can say that like, like this one can. And when Admiral Byrd went down there, you know, for 30 years, he was looking for something. From 1928 until 1954, when he went on television, and then a year after that television interview, uh, during Operation Deep Freeze, 1955 to 1956, he finds something so unbelievable, so jaw-dropping, that all the nations that were down there at the time, and there were a bunch, and he talked about in the interview, um, you know, Australia, the Soviet Union, United Nations, or um, United Kingdom. Argentina, Chile, New Zealand, they're all down there. And he says the place is just made out of money and not too far from the coast. And after Operation Deep Freeze, that all changed. That whole attitude changed where they got off the ice as fast as they could. All the nations unilaterally left. Uh, and then they put in the Antarctic Treaty in place in 1959, which says, and that treaty is still intact to this day from 1959 it isn't even up for uh revision until the year 2041 find another treaty where all 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 nations all over the world um agree on it that much where they basically say that no country or no corporation anywhere doesn't matter how powerful you are they cannot go to antarctica to do anything ever right. and it's like, it doesn't make any sense. We we have corporations that can get that's the backstage stage pass to anywhere. You're telling me a petroleum company with basically unlimited financial resources, they can't even petition to go down there. They can't. They can't even petition. You, you'd think you'd see you know promotional things, newspaper articles, magazine articles saying why it's good for Exxon to go to Antarctica. No, nothing like that. They are not allowed. In fact, when your company when your country becomes economically viable in the world trade market, you have to sign the treaty that says, yeah, yeah, by the way, you're not going down there. And not only that, but they put in the Antarctic Defense Force, a multinational Navy, state-of-the-art weapons technology. 
that patrols the coastline of Antarctica. What, what are they patrolling for? Who, who are they stopping from getting in? You know, rogue oil tankers? Do you know how long it takes to develop an oil program? No one can go there. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can go to the outlying islands. You can spend $10,000, get a tour guide, take some pictures with penguins, go on the peninsula. But when you are inland, you are being watched. And no, there's no signs, there's no physical signs saying you can't go there because they don't want to raise eyebrows. But there's a point where you cannot cross. You want to go to the South Pole with Prince Harry and other celebs? Fine, you can go to the South Pole. They will take you to a place, they will call it the South Pole, and then they, you take your pictures and you can go away then and never come back. Uh, it's, it's an amazing continent that we, has been hidden from us for a long, long time, and it's been done basically not in secret as much as they just downplay it. They don't, you know, there's like 5,000 people on the, on the continent. They're all military uh, or military scientists. And that's, uh, that's, that's one, of the, it's one of the big keys of this mystery. And uh, luckily for them, Antarctica is such a harsh climate that most people naturally don't want to go there. So it's worked out very well for them over the last 60 years. And it's, it's fascinating. Anyone wants to look into it, you know, there's tons of recent, you know, stuff online. This is not secret information. None of the clues I made in Flat Earth Clues are secret information. So, you know, do, do your research. Well, then they, if we talk about treaties, and we know the old cliche, uh, treaties are meant to be broken. Yeah. And literally, it, it's true. I mean, if you look at uh, the, the Doctrine of Discovery and the papal bulls and the justifications of, like, the and the principles of, like, the ends justify the means and that kind of thing, where we're, <clears throat> it's all right in the name of God, which we find in the Roman Empire that we still live in. God is Rome, is the papacy, is the Pope. Whether black or white, Pope really does matter. That's not a story. But anyways, the fact of the matter is, it's been a justification. If you look at all nations, including England, have been under the influence control of Rome from the inception, especially the monarchies and the leadership. And uh, we look at this whole, you know, making treaties. Uh, somebody, I'm, sh and knowing that war, the, the most important uh, element of war is deception. Somebody's doing something down there. It's just the rest of them are being. And so not only they be, we've been lied to, but they're lying to. Someone's lying to the rest of them. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's natural to assume that uh, based on history and just the way things work. So. So, yeah, what the heck is going on? I mean, it's it really I don't I don't really like to spend a lot of time contemplating. I don't. I don't or you know, projecting. If yeah. I, it, it, yeah, I don't know if you figured this out yet, but we're old enough men now, it's pretty much a waste of time. Give me the facts. Give me the information. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I've had enough time living in La La Land and Disney World. So, um yeah, something's really not something's not right about any of this. Nothing. I mean, I don't know. I, what else have you discovered lately in the past month or two concerning not only the flat earth, but what's going on with Antarctica and this world of ours? Have you found any other nuggets of potential truth, at least? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you potential truth. Uh, the, it's the little things. In fact, I find out new stuff every week uh, that, that people just send me emails and I try to read them on air, little angles, because I, what I say is the Internet hive mind, this is nothing. Um, one of the big ones that came out fairly recently was um, the, you know, because they say, well, if the, if the world is flat, if it's a circular disk like a dinner plate, what are the sun and the moon? 
And initially, even when we were looking at it, well, we're going, okay, well, the sun's got to be some sort of incandescent light bulb that's you know, not very far from Earth. It's not, definitely not 93 million miles away. And the moon is not 237,000 miles away. It's got to be much, much closer. But up until now, even we thought that, uh, that, that the moon was reflecting some of the sun's light. And now we're looking at it, and there's been experiments done where that's not even true. It looks like the, the moon is its own light source. You know, that, that actually reflects nothing, that in fact it generates a completely different kind of light than the sun. If people want to look that up, uh, it's, it's in the flat earth section right now where it's a cool, have, have you watched any of those where the cool light, have you seen that, the cool laser? Uh, cool laser, I have not seen that, but okay. I have well, seen this, the cool the cool light experiments like, uh, yeah, oh, so, I can't, I, I don't want to, no, no, no. I'll, I'll break it I'll break it down. The, um, basically what people, everybody knows that, you know, when you hear, oh, it's 100 degrees, you know, outside, but it's 90 in the shade, right? Because, you know, if you're in the shade of a tree or whatever it is, it's cooler because the sunlight isn't on you. We all know that it's cooler in the shade. But here's the weird part. When you talk about moonlight, so let's say it's 50 degrees in the moonlight, it's actually like 55 in the shade. It's warmer in the shade. And that goes against everything. Why, why would that, how is that even possible? That means that the moon is actually generating a colder light, a physically cooling light, like a refrigeration uh, beam of some sort. And I even suggested a while ago on a, on a show, I said, well, if that's true, what, what, what happens if you like, so if you take a magnifying glass up to sunlight, you can burn paper because it makes the, the sunlight hotter. Well, what happens if you put a magnifying glass up to moonlight? Does it make it colder? And so there were people who were actually doing tests. They were taking little copper plates because uh, the reason why we can do this now is because everyone's using those kind of like those digital ear thermometers. You can just point them at things, and, and in a single click, it can tell you what the temperature is. And so they're taking like little pieces of metal and putting them out in the moonlight and measuring stuff. And I'll be darned, yeah, not only is it warmer in the shade, but it's cooler in the moonlight, and it's even colder in magnified moonlight. And you're thinking, okay, what does that got to do with anything? Well, what it has to do is it means that everything they told you about the sun reflecting off the moon is wrong, which means that the moon is its own projection system. And if the moon's its own projection system, then what the heck is it? Because it's not a, it's not a planetary body spinning around us. It means it's part of a, a piece of machinery, uh, like, a, like a mobile above a child's crib. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Little, little aspects of this are just coming up more and more. We'll find out different aspects of where we're living and uh basically you have to rewrite the whole thing uh when this comes out i'm not kidding you you know there's going to be some chaos for a bit because the physical sciences forget about astronomy and, and astrophysics they they have to shut down tomorrow but the remaining scientists you know they fall into you know geology hydrology archaeology uh, to even even biology to a certain stand, uh, standpoint, they have to rewrite. They have to retool a lot of what they've been taught and what we, they've been putting out to us. What's, uh, it's, wor- it's worse than that. Religion yeah. itself has to be retooled. Yeah, religion. That, I mean, honestly, if we really are honest about it, because um, they haven't been telling us the truth. Now, sure, you could say, well, most of, well, you know, they were didn't, uh, lied to as well. Nonsense. Yeah. Religion is a, a, the most, if not the, the most important element in power itself. Yeah. And uh, along with, of course, uh, the fiat currency system, 
and, and to be able to beat somebody over the head with your club, yeah. you know, power itself is the ability to inflict pain on someone else, at least in the world sense, and the way it's operating at this point. So that means, and that's huge. Now, you might not be a religious man. I'm not. Well, no, I, 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 no, I am a religious guy. I mean, I was raised um, born-again Christian, and, and I have a lot of faith. Right. Uh, but well, re- religion, religion I'm talking about is actually, now we're talking about the hive mentality, the group. The, you know, do you belong to an organization at this point? No. Either no, I, either I die, because it's very dangerous. If you want to think clearly, you cannot do it at this point. Yeah. And that, that means something. And if this does come down, and it really people, uh, you know, let's say the Spirit of God finally falls upon the earth and say, listen, you know, wake up, folks, and he wakes him up, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be, you talk about <laughs> rocking the yeah. world and turn it at 180 degrees. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> massive, massive paradigm change, no question. And you're right, it's, it's going to get dicey. I am going to, I'm going to take the, half, uh, the glass half full argument, which is, you know, I, I think that there's a chance that we could actually turn this into something really great. But yeah, there's going to be some growing pains during the process because religion has the temptation of. Now, granted, we're in modern times, right? We we shouldn't be you know burning people at the stake anymore. But religion, you know, may be tempted to lash out at science, and, and that's I even talked about that at the beginning of the clues because uh, if you're if you're religion and you've been clubbed for the last 500 years by science saying that everything you do is archaic and, and science is, is, has the ultimate truth, and all of a sudden this comes out and, and you can point at science and say you were wrong the entire time and, and this has been in our back pocket. You made us suppress this. Yeah, there's going to be some, some bitterness there, no question. Uh, and there'll be a whole new resurgence in general spirituality. Uh, you know, there's, and that's also dicey because people are going to turn to, there's a lot of followers out there who will look at religion and say, okay, you were right about this. What else are you right about? And there's a temptation there to just make up stuff. You know, I'm not picking on any one particular group, but, you know, it, power tends to mess with people. It's like, well, you know, are, are the Ten Commandments absolute? Is this absolute? Is this absolute? And, you know, depending on the definition, you could, you could turn it in a direction that might not be beneficial to mankind. So I'm hoping that's not what happens. Uh, I would hope that they don't try to, to, you know, hang Neil deGrasse Tyson from the rooftops, right? Or build either science guy or or, or any any astronaut or the head of NASA. But uh, yeah, there's going to be some some really upset people for a while there. People that put a lot of faith in science that will now say, uh, well, here's another thing: a, a billion plus Catholics are going to be pretty upset. Yeah. They are, you know, because, you know, it's not just Bill Nye, the science guy, that's lying to you, but it's also the papacy itself, the Pope, your pastor, your priest. A lot of, uh, a lot of finger pointing, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it is going to be. But the, this is what I see is going to happen from all this. This is what the beauty of all this is. Not necessarily whether we unite and change the world, but for, my, for once, maybe... Mankind will search God again. Will yeah. yearn for God, will truly search God. This is not spirituality. This is wanting to have what God always wanted himself. And that seems to be all religions talk about this. 
a personal relationship with him, the creator. And obviously, uh, through what we see in whether it's modern Christianity or or whatever, it doesn't matter where all the religions are, the way they're all set up with this whole division of the priestcraft from the laity, this Nicolaitan system, which God himself and the Word of God says and frowns upon and hates, Maybe that will change. Maybe this whole, which is the same thing as you find scientism, of the priestcraft or the uh, the authority, if you like to say, of uh, the the experts uh, against the laity or the lame person. You know, you there will be a, a reduction of this division, if you will, between each other. In other words, stop putting others above yourself, and. If you're going to put someone above yourself, finally, for once, put God above you, where who actually is. <laughs> In reality, you know what I mean. So that's what I see. I see it's a great a tool that God is using, uh, a device He's using this internet and discovering the flat Earth. Finally, and finally, people say, you know what? I think I really want to know God. And you know, the funny thing of it is, I'm seeing that in your movement, you know, the fighter from when you know this as well, like Patricia and others, Patricia, Patricia Steer and others are like, you know, if it wasn't for the discovery of the flat earth, you know, I'd probably still be this borine, you know, an atheist or agnostic or just indifferent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so that could be the greatest thing of all of this, but still, still there's that question which you bring up masterfully and that is when you cage a man, man he's going to find he's going to obsess on how to get out of that cage we were yeah. right that way yeah we were we were uh, we're different from every other life form on here you know you could you, and I, I touched on the clues and I meant every word of it which was put any animal in a wildlife preserve they don't really care about the fence if the wildlife preserve is big enough but you put a man in that same place they just that that's the only thing they think about that they will absolutely dwell on it until literally they turn it into something that it was never meant to be, uh, which is why the, the, the cage was hidden from us. Uh, and I think it was honestly, I think it was part of the natural process though. I think that eventually we we were going to find it and we were going to find it, you know, sometime in this, you know, probably in the last century, you know, the 1900s, but, that, but it was, it was hidden uh, artificially after that. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, when you look at like the Bible, other ancient texts as well, it's been an obsession of man for thousands of years. When we look at the Tower of Babel, now we finally understand why they are building this high tower. If we think, yeah. if we truly can comprehend and understand that there could be, and not could be, there's a dome. There's yeah. something that's separating us, the firmament, if you will. There's something separating us from the other side. And man's obsession has been, especially those in the know, and we look at somebody like Nebuchadnezzar, the king of this Babylonian uh, empire, and to think back then that they're, they didn't have ships and they have the ability to navigate and all that. I mean, let's just look what happened in the past hundred years with mankind. Uh, let's give ourselves a little bit of credit, and even our ancestors a little bit of credit. I don't believe there were any dumber than we are now. In fact, in, most, in a lot of ways, we are probably dumber today than they ever were. 
<laughs> sure. And as far as ignorant, I hate to say that you know, we use the word dumber is not probably the best way to do it. But you know, in the reality, it's pretty much it is. We're, we've been denied a lot of our reality. So, well, anyways, you know what, Mark? Um, before we close, maybe if you could uh, remind folks again uh, your work, what's going on as far as oh, the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. You too. Happy to do it. The uh, easiest way to find my stuff right now is probably on YouTube. Uh, there's a, there's a, all you have to do is type in Flat Earth Clues into YouTube or honestly any search engine at this point. Just type in Flat Earth Clues. Uh, I don't monetize any of my videos, so they're being uh, mirrored everywhere. Uh, I also do a radio show that was actually based on this uh, that I got because of the Flat Earth Clues called Strange World. And that's on Truth Frequency Network. And uh, also jump in on Patricia, Shear, Patricia Steer's show called Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. She's on YouTube. I highly recommend her stuff. And really, seriously, if you want to look into the topic with some sort of open mind, or even if you don't, you just want to give it five, ten minutes, all you have to do is go to YouTube, type in Flat Earth and set the filter to this year, and you will get a, just a wall of content. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, so I highly recommend it. Uh, and the again, the website is enclosedworld.com. Cool. And one one other thing, folks, that I neglected to address, and uh, those who have been following this show know that uh, in the past, maybe about six months ago, I uh, I was uh, in the camp of uh, uh, labeling Mark as a shell. And uh, I've come to realize a couple of, well, quite a, quite a few things about myself. First of all, I'd like to apologize to you, Mark. As I said last night on the phone, if you're a shill, you're the worst shill I've ever seen. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, that's a compliment, by the way. No, <laughs> thank you and no worries. Honestly, if you would have talked to my previous self, if I went back in time a year ago to my, my previous self, I would have said the same thing. I would have said, oh, my Lord, what are you? Not only are you a shill, but you're a crazy person. And uh, so, no, anyone that comes at me, I can't get angry at them because I was in the same boat. Uh, I, I know exactly where you're coming at, but, but thank well, you. It is the right thing is to do was what I just did, so regardless. Of, so, uh, you know, the thing is, too, is, folks, is one of the things I'm learning, too, about myself is probably, yeah, as far as uh, immediate importance is um, about myself. And uh, once again, we talked about, I don't know if we really talked about it, we talked about a little bit of how easily me uh, as a human being, as a man, can be influenced. And one of the dangers is, is to listen to anybody flat, or let's put, put uh, so much weight on what somebody else says about another person. If you really are concerned about what that other person is all about, why don't you spend some time figuring out who they are. You know, I don't know everything about Mark. I don't know his personal life anymore. He knows my, my personal life. But from what I've seen from his show, and I've listened to just about every one of your shows at this point, well, thank you. Um, and your videos, and the fact that you've all the interviews you've had on others, uh, other, and on other shows, is that I don't, I don't see a, a shell. What I see is a really genuine person who came to the truth and actually helped me come to the truth. And my world is a lot different than what I was told growing up. So um, I think it's really dangerous. I think it's really a bad idea to just flat out label someone based on what somebody else says. Um, at the same token, you know, uh, we shouldn't uh, be too harsh on the person who labels the other person. 
there's a good chance that, you know, he had that, even that, you know, in other words, there's, we all have something to learn from each other if we're willing to, as what's the old saying, saying goes, eat the meat and spit out the bones. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And put, you know what, and our human relations is our personal relationships and are, at the end of the day are actually more important than being right. Yeah. And so, uh, especially, you know, so in other words, we're talking about this flat earth thing. Yeah, I know, I know from my own eyes, empirical evidence, along with uh, I, I the voices of many others, uh, yeah, lots of videos out there demonstrating, uh, proving that the earth is stationary and flat. Uh, if someone comes to me and says, I don't agree with you, that has no reason at all for me and that person and myself not to be friends or acquaintances. It would be really s- s- silly yeah. to separate oneself from each other based on whether or not you see the how you see the world. Um, now, now, that, now, but there's a caveat to all that, too. Now, if you meet a person who is constantly pushing a lie and you know the truth, it, it is your obligation not only the love of your God, but the love of your fellow man to expose that lie. I mean, that's what we've just done. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And I think that's what Mark's trying to do. Expose the lie. So, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, just stay on and I'm just going to end, well, let's see if I can end the phone, just the, the, the call here. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Let's see if we end the recording here. Sometimes talk shoe freezes up on me. So, what, what, do you have anything else coming up? While we're still- um, uh, I've got another interview on the 17th, and 